Ashling's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Welcome to Ashling's UN Insights. Having recently returned from an internship at the United Nations headquarters in New York, and with my family growing weary of my constant yammering on about it, I've decided to pass on what I learned to you lovely listeners. The UN is heralding the 2020s as their decade of action. So what exactly is it that they're working on? This week, we're looking at Sustainable Development Goal number 7, entitled Affordable and Clean Energy. This Sustainable Development Goal aims to ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable and modern energy for all. This includes goals to substantially increase the proportion of global energy that is renewable by 2030 and double the global rate of improvement in energy efficiency as well as ensure universal access to affordable, reliable and modern energy services. The UN hoped to achieve this through a variety of methods, such as enhancing international cooperation to facilitate access to research and technology related to renewable energy, energy efficiency and cleaner fossil fuel technology, as well as promoting investment in energy infrastructure and clean energy technology. The UN wants to particularly focus on expanding infrastructure and upgrading the technology needed for supplying modern and sustainable energy to low-income countries, including small island states and landlocked countries. So how close are we to achieving those goals? The UN reports that access to electricity is beginning to accelerate, energy efficiency is continuing to improve, and renewable energy is accounting for an ever-larger share of the electricity sector, although faster change is required to meet climate goals. The UN urges a much higher level of ambition in regards to renewable energy, specifically in relation to transport and heating. Although the global electrification rate rose from 87% in 2015 to 89% in 2017, around 800 million people still do not have electricity, and with 61% of the population having access to clean cooking fuels and technology, This means that around 3 billion people are still reliant on inefficient and polluting cooking systems. There have been some really positive advancements in relation to SDG 7, but there is still more to be done to ensure universal access to affordable, reliable, sustainable and modern energy. And in the face of climate change, the amount of energy generated from renewable sources must continue to account for an ever-increasing percentage of total energy production. The scope of the United Nations is huge, since there are many departments tackling different global issues, so each week I'm shining the spotlight on one department and looking at the work that they do. This week I want to look at the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, whose acronym is UNCTAD. It was established in 1964 and its headquarters are in Geneva in Switzerland. This UN body is responsible for dealing with development issues, specifically international trade, which can be a big driver of development. Their mission is to support developing countries to access the benefits of a globalised economy more fairly and effectively, by equipping them to deal with the potential drawbacks of greater economic integration into the global economy. In order to do this, UNCTAD commissions research which provides data and analysis on trade, investment, finance and technology. UNCTAD provide this research, offer technical assistance and facilitate consensus building in the hope that trade, investment, finance and technology can be used as vehicles for inclusive and sustainable development. 
Not only has their research provided tailored analysis and policy recommendations, it has also contributed to setting a global standard to govern responsible lending, borrowing and investment by governments, as well as to govern entrepreneurship, competition, consumer protection and trade rules. Through their work at the local, the national and the international level, they help countries to deal with a multitude of things, including addressing macro-level development challenges, integrating into the international trading system in a way that benefits rather than exploits them, and diversifying their economies so that they are less dependent on commodities. UNCTAD also helps countries to limit their exposure to financial volatility and debt, attract investment, increase access to digital technologies, and promote entrepreneurship and innovation. They also help local firms move up value chains, speed up the flow of goods across borders, protect consumers, curb regulations that stifle competition, and adapt to climate change, and use natural resources more effectively. In 2018, they reported running over 30 programmes, which consisted of a total of 253 projects across 142 countries, which shows the large reach of this UN body. And in the same year, they reported having invested, along with their partners, around 43.7 million US dollars towards their goal of supporting developing countries' participation in the globalised economy. There were a handful of international days this week. These days aim to raise awareness of a particular global issue, and if any of these topics really pique your interest, then I encourage you to look into them further, as that is exactly the aim of declaring international days in this way. Monday the 29th of June was the International Day of the Tropics, which celebrates the extraordinary diversity of the tropics, whilst drawing attention to the unique challenges and opportunities that nations in the tropics face. The tropics are roughly defined as the area between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. This region is facing challenges including climate change, deforestation, logging, urbanisation and demographic changes. But this is also an opportunity to take stock of the progress in this region, share tropical stories and expertise, and acknowledge the diversity and potential of the region. Tuesday the 30th of June was International Asteroid Day, which aims to raise public awareness about the asteroid impact hazard, and to inform the public about the crisis communications actions to be taken at the global level in case of a credible near-Earth object threat, since these near-Earth objects actually represent potentially catastrophic threats to our planet. Identifying near-Earth objects that pose a threat of impact and then planning a corresponding mitigation campaign requires global cooperation in the interests of public safety. Tuesday was also the International Day of Parliamentarianism, which recognises the importance of parliaments in giving people a voice to shape policies that benefit everyone. Parliaments ensure greater transparency and accountability at national and global levels, and are the cornerstone of democracy. They help to ensure that governments implement international treaties and agreements that they sign up to, and in countries emerging from conflict, parliaments can help to heal divisions in society through dialogue and cooperation. Yesterday, Saturday the 4th of July, was the International Day of Cooperatives, which aims to increase awareness of cooperatives. They are associations and enterprises which help those involved improve their lives as well as the community around them. Cooperatives employ 280 million people around the world, which is approximately 10% of the world's employed population. The focus of this year is how cooperatives can contribute to combating climate change. So, what has been discussed at the UN this week? 
As before, if any of these things I mention particularly catch your attention, then you can hop on the UN Web TV website and watch the meetings in full. This week marked the beginning of the 44th session of the Human Rights Council, which continues until the 17th of July. There were meetings every day and they discussed topics including the situation of human rights worldwide and the human rights implications of the COVID-19 pandemic. They specifically spoke about the human rights situation in the Philippines, Myanmar and Eritrea on Tuesday and on Wednesday they discussed the human rights of children. On Thursday, the Human Rights Council discussed the human rights situation in Nicaragua, Venezuela and Ukraine and discussed topics such as human trafficking and violence against children. They continued these discussions on Friday, but also spoke about the human right to education and for everyone to enjoy the highest attainable standard of physical and mental health. On Monday, there were meetings about the Convention on Cluster Munitions, which was created in 2008. The Convention prohibits all use, stockpiling, production and transfer of cluster munitions and addresses assistance for victims, clearance of contaminated areas and destruction of stockpiles. On Monday and Tuesday, a body of independent experts who monitor the implementation of the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women met to discuss this issue. Throughout the week, there were also meetings about the situation in Syria, the Golan region, Mali and the impact of COVID-19 on international peace and security more generally, as well as meetings about poverty eradication, the disruption to education caused by COVID-19 and how to build the global economy back up to deliver sustainable development after the COVID-19 pandemic. That's all from me for now, but join me next week for more UN insights and news. See you then! Ashley's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Open